North Melbourne have stunned the Swans at the SCG, winning by just two points. Hello darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Because a vision softly creeping. A score review stinker, a forgettable scrap and a shock loss to the Kangaroos has us all pondering which Sydney Swans is going to turn up this weekend. This is True Bloods the number one Sydney Swans fan podcast. And today on the show, we'll be discussing our review of the disappointing loss to North Melbourne. The preview of the next game, a huge game this Friday night at the G against Hawthorne and everything else Sydney Swans. My name's Tom Flanagan. And I'm joined tonight in the Podular Media studio by Madison Clark and Ben Andrew. How are we, fellas? Will the boys come out breathing fire against the Hawks? Or are we going to see a repeat of the sloppy ball movement that we saw last Saturday night? Uh, who knows these days, Tommy? I... um. I was sitting at home watching it and I thought, hey, if we can just get to the end of this godforsaken uh, poor quality football game with the four points, everything will be okay. And my little niece, Ben, 15 goals, Andrew, came in <laughs> and she wanted to uh, she wanted to watch. She said, I want to watch the football with you. And I said, you don't want to watch this because it was garbage, wasn't it? It was trash. It was a nonsense game of footy, Ben, Andrew. It was more trash than the football side that we lost to. Yes. It was honestly... And they are trash. It, it was an embarrassing loss for mine. Really, really embarrassing. I don't just say that because of my comments that I made <laughs> towards the end of last <laughs> week's show. Um, I was just... I thought that was pathetic, effectively. Not, I, I, that doesn't extend to the entire side. I thought your man, Tommy Sinkers, was... Absolutely sublime once again. Yeah, another good day for sinkers. A few others uh, to name also, but not an impressive outing. No, well, when and the, it doesn't it doesn't fill you with confidence going into going into the Hawks, who realistically have had our measure for the better part of the last five years. Yeah, and a lot's going to have to change from last Saturday night to turn things around against the Hawks. We know they're going to be coming out at 100 mile an hour and they they play that MCG ground so well, particularly against us uh, in recent times. So it's a big battle coming up. Tommy, they would be able to smell it right now. We're a, we're a wounded animal at present and uh, Clarko knows what to do to teams like that. Like a great white shark. Correct. They would feel it from miles oh, off. Oh, yes. That's the problem. It could be 15 goals the other way. And they'd be circling. For sure. And we will get to the preview of the big match against Hawthorne on Friday night a little bit later, but uh, in this first segment, we'll be covering our review of the loss to North Melbourne. And you can look at poor umpiring, you can look at a missed score review that could have uh, got us a goal, but when you look at the cold, hard facts of it, uh, when you're in front with three minutes to go at home against a side that you expect to beat at home, it's very frustrating that you just can't get the job done. I said to you before, Tommy, I've been watching football since... You know, I could walk and umpires have always been appalling and they've always influenced and cost games. You can't sort of rest on that and, and make excuses, can you, Benny? Absolutely not. I mean, that 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 should not be what decides a game. Yeah. And the fact remains that it was in the first quarter. Kieran Jack, directly in front. No pressure. Buckled it. Absolutely buckled it. Former captain of the club. Yep. And that's your that's your game. Is he in, part of, is he in the leadership group? Yeah, I believe. Yeah. I, 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 believe reckon still still yeah. I reckon he still is. Yeah. I reckon he still is. Yeah. Anywho, 
But um, it, it was just so many little things on the weekend, wasn't it? It, it was uh, Hayward's check side when he could have just gone yeah. and drop punt in the second quarter. It was Heaney's misset shot just before three-quarter time, which would have put us in front. It was Well, McVeigh was pretty solid again, but just that one out of full back that landed in Cunnington's lap gave them an easy goal. Those yeah. little things really hurt. Even Sinclair's untimely blood rule with six minutes to go, it meant that we had to put Towers into the ruck for that that three or four minutes there while Sinkers was patched up. That really hurt us there. Um, and Papley's misset shot at the end. I, I'm sorry, Paps, to crucify for this one, but he turned your back. Yeah, you can't do that. Look, he, there was Rowan, there was Heaney out the back as options. Paps took the mark and credit to him for having confidence. He, he is a um, very confident young kid and he's usually pretty reliable in front of goals. But if you're not going to look for the options, you've just got to kick that one. Yes. Paid to kick it, Tommy. Paid yep. to kick it. It's your job. If I don't do my job, I get fired. Fortunately, for, Tom, fortunately for Tommy, I don't think that will be the end result for him. No. I'm it's glad not. it's not because I hope to see him uh, bounce back this week because I was pretty unimpressed with him most of the game and realistically, since since the GWS game, I don't think he's been firing. No. I think we can definitely get a lot more out of him. Absolutely. And, and look, if we go back to Kieran Jack for a moment, he looks completely bereft of any sort of confidence, um, especially in front of goal. Yeah, well, that's that's the one. Nought three, and all three of them were pretty gettable. Two of them, you'd say, were absolute sitters uh, for a player. Definitely. Kieran Jack's experience, he's a former captain, um, he's been assigned to that um, small forward role and it's the job of the small forward when you get opportunities in front of goal, you've got to put them through. As we saw against Port Adelaide, if you don't kick straight in front of goal, the game drifts away from you very quickly. This was a slightly closer contest, but it, the fact still remains the same. If you don't kick straight in front of goal, you're not going to kick a winning score. I think that Kieran's form is uh, somewhat symbolic of the rest of the side. We are just there, but thereabouts. We're, ne- we're never, we can't seem to put in consistent four-quarter performances. And yes, we, we, we pull up after the Geelong game, where realistically, it was a great effort to win, but it wasn't our finest performance. Yes, that's it. And we go, oh, great, how good are the Swannies? But realistically... If you look at it from a four-quarter perspective... We haven't really showed up yeah. at all. And let's face it, one and three at home... Uh, at the SCG, at what is meant to be a fortress. That is the biggest problem. It's not a it's, right not, good, it's not good signs, and it's a little tricky to say. Oh well, it's early in the season. It's not. It's we're going into round eight. It's crept up, hasn't it? We're a third. We're, we're a third of the way through. And we we said at the start of the season that you want to wait until round eight, round nine, see who the real contenders are. Well, we're here. And we're just not putting in the performances. We're not contenders, Matt. Yeah. Tommy? Yeah, and and worryingly enough, it had a lot of similarities to that Adelaide game that we saw a fortnight ago. Just too many uh, intercept marks across half-back. Yes. They were able to control the game off half-back once again. And unfortunately, it was that lack of respect to their their prime movers that was really frustrating. Sean Higgins got absolutely off the chain. And I would have thought when you're going into the pre-match planning for the North Melbourne game, if there's one bloke that you don't want to let it get off the chain and have 30 disposals, it's probably Sean Higgins. Who's the one guy in that football club that is absolute silk? It's Sean Higgins. Sean Higgins. And unfortunately, we we let him off the chain. uh, Didn't show enough respect for him. Hewitt was going with him uh, for parts of the game, but I don't think it was a real hard tagging role, not from what I saw anyway. He sagged off him a little bit too much. And um, George has had a couple of um, 
quiet performances. He was okay last week against um, Geelong with his pressure, but the Adelaide game, he went to Gibbs and couldn't really limit his influence. And then again on the weekend with Higgins. So George has got a little bit of work to do, especially if we're going to assign him to Tom Mitchell this weekend, who we probably need to assign someone to. Well, that's that's what I said. I mean, it's it's really hard to put that faith in him at the present time. I, I'm I'm a big fan of George Hewitt. Don't don't get me wrong, Tommy, but. It's really hard to go, hey, go and tag the bloke who regularly gets 35-plus disposals after that performance, I would have thought. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I've i second that wholeheartedly. I, there's, it's hard to see him being up to it. Yeah. It's hard to see him being up to that challenge. And Mason Woods, the other one, he got off the leash with four goals. He had multiple opponents throughout the night, but they all seemed to sag off him and, and worry about other responsibilities they had. Uh with the first goal, Grundy was assigned to him, but peeled off to be that extra marking option and help Rampy in the one-on-one with Brown and make it into a two-on-one. That left Wood open, gave him heaps of space on the 50, and he's another classy ball user that you just can't give too much time and space to mm-hmm. um, hanging around the 50. Uh, his second goal, Smith was on him, um, and he was drifting out wide to the pocket. Smith had to come back into the corridor to defend a North Melbourne runner. That Not was, Smith's job. It wasn't Smith's job. There had to be a defensive midfielder um, doing that bit of work there. Smith had to come off him, left Wood in complete open space yeah. and he was able to take a nice easy mark and, and put it through for a goal. And the, and the last one as well, you don't expect these um, things to happen when it's such a tight game and we're in front with three minutes to go. You don't expect Grundy to go with a one-handed effort uh, in the back 50 and just let that roll off his hands into Wood's lap and then Wood to sidestep through Rampy and, and break the tackle. You just don't expect that from Grundy and Rampy who are, you know, they've been incredible um, for, for many years and and this season as well. But on the weekend and that little uh, situation there in the last three minutes, they let one slip. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting when you bring that up because as I mentioned earlier, our, our side has been sort of there, thereabouts. And the only exception you can make to that is realistically our back line. Yeah. They have been so solid the entire year. Um, unfortunately, though, went against them this week at the wrong time. They've stemmed the flow at every every opportunity. In I mean, every in every game, we were we were under siege against Geelong in the first quarter, and they were fantastic. And uh, you know, they, they haven't. I still don't think they're at their best. But in terms of, as as I say, stemming the flow and allowing us to stay in the game, they've been unbelievable. Contrast to the rest of the side, they've been very consistent. Yeah, really consistent. Uh, the uncontested marks was, was a big issue for us on the weekend. Uh, and there was a big stat that Rusey pulled up last night on the couch. Uh, it goes back to the start of 2016 until right now. In those games, uh, Swans in games that Swans have conceded less than 100 marks, we've won 34, lost 10 at a winning percentage of 77. In games where we've conceded over 100 marks, we've won four and lost nine at a winning percentage of 31. Conceded over 100 marks on the weekend. And North Melbourne, what do you know? They got the job done. Yep. Damning. I, well, I'm not going to challenge Ruthie on those numbers. That's, um, I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? There's any wonder why that that stat would occur with the bombing that we saw inside 450, yeah. especially when Ben Brown was moved to full back Mate. to curb that exact thing. The the bombing inside 450, when we don't have a Tommy, tall, we don't any, have a tall forward up any there, tall forwards, not one tall forward up there, and they've got Ben Brown, Robbie Tarrant, Ed Vickers, Willis all standing yeah. back there in the hole, and we're still bombing away. And they were taking uncontested marks as well. It's no pathetic. one, no one to have a contest. Yeah, no one there. 
as I no said, one there to even bring it to ground to let the small forwards go to work. And as I said, a lot of similarities to the Adelaide game a fortnight ago. And Sean Higgins, the man we were speaking about before, touched on that with the boys from the Sunday footy show. Let's listen to that now. I thought Adelaide showed a blueprint of a couple of weeks ago how you beat Sydney in Sydney. Did you do some research on that? Because it seemed very similar the way you played last night to Adelaide a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we were able to look at the way that teams have gone about it the last couple of weeks. And um, we felt like we were really well prepared. We knew the sort of game plan that Sydney likes to play, especially when it's at home at the SCG. And like I said, it was a bit of a grind, but they're the games that you usually get against Sydney and it was great to be able to match them on the inside and then be able to get them on the outside as well. Well, that's just it, isn't it? I mean, we, we've won one game at the SCG and they've all been quite tight contests and they've been able to figure it out. It's well, We've been we've got figured out by Port. Yeah. Port figured us out. Well, I mean, granted, uh, you give the players um, probably a, a little bit of leeway there because it probably wasn't so much getting outworked as it outworked uh, coaching wise as it was the fumbles uh, in that particular contest we weren't able to get our hands cleanly but on the ball but it still comes back to the the fact that teams if they can go with us for long enough correct they can win the game correct correct if, if they can hold, hold off our charges for long enough and we, and we can't establish some sort of lead on our own ground teams can run us down a horse keeps saying you know we need to you know be hard enough for long enough and, and keep going and, and find a way well realistically teams are just doing that against us and yeah, they're doing it better. Completely agree. Uh, for mine, our, our game plan, uh, and I suppose its level of secrecy goes hand in hand with our ability to execute, and our execution is not there, and so our game plan is being figured out and we are being beaten in that sense. Um, and for mine, I, I, I find it really disturbing that it's happening at home. It's happening at the mm. SCG. I said it before, it's meant to be a fortress. Mm. Now, that was, it was a crap game, and I want to get on with uh, other things and start talking about the Hawthorne game and, and move on to what's exciting. But just quickly before we go, I want to give a little bit of a whack to what is a dud system, the score review system. I understand that the score reviewers have an obligation to the TV broadcaster to get, to get things moving quickly, but surely it's common sense that when Jared McVeigh, who's an honest guy, is visibly motioning that the ball had been touched, the extra five seconds has to be taken to make the correct decision, especially when the AFL keeps banging on about how the score review, the, the, every goal is reviewed after it's scored. It shouldn't be about, it shouldn't come down to character. It shouldn't come down to whether someone's honest. He touched the ball. He said he touched the ball. Every goal gets reviewed, or so we're told. Um if you're going to take the time and if you're going to implement that sort of technology, there can be no mistakes like that. It just makes it completely pointless. Nathan Brown and Damien Barrett touched on that on the Sunday footy show. Let's have a listen to that now. Damo, I will ask you a question. Yep. Is the score review system working? Let's have no. a look at this from last night. Billy Hartung kicks a goal. Touched. And you can see, as soon as it's touched, Jared McVeigh gets up and goes, I've touched, I've yep. touched, I've touched. They're meant to review every time, but it yep. goes back to the centre, and that is clearly touched. Yeah, look at the, the stage scores. of the game, though. But it's still a goal back still, the other way, TJ. Yeah. It can change the course of the game. Demo, if you have a problem, because everything needs to be reviewed, clearly that wasn't reviewed. No, it doesn't. I mean, the AFL likes to tell us that it operates under world's best practice. That mm. goal review system is anything but. It's miles off world's best practice. And... I know you say, look at the score, OK, it was early in the game, but it was a game decided by four points. And, TJ, I just keep going back. If that was in a grand final, can you imagine the outcry if mm. we had the same outcome? Yeah, OK. 
Yep, got to agree with what Damo and Brownie are saying there on the Sunday footy show. Um, looking at the footage, I'd say probably the majority of the human race could have determined that the ball was touched. And while well, I'm not suggesting that, uh, that it cost us the game, because there was plenty that the Swans could have done after that to win the contest, the fact is the final margin was two points. And the history books are going to show that North kicked nine goals for the night. But if the score review process wasn't such a poorly orchestrated it's a and fundamentally flawed farce, Farcicle. Uh, that number should have been eight goals, and eight goals wouldn't have been enough. Correct. Let's move on. Yep. Let's vote. On to the votes. On to the votes. For... I'm looking forward to this. This Ooh. is good. I'm looking forward to this. I like a bit of positivity after the loss. Yeah. And, uh... and there were some great players on the ground. Absolutely. And one of them got the one vote. Benny, do you want to kick us off? I'd love to. One of our men. We always talk about, he's my man, he's your man, he's our man. <laughs> Isaac Heaney, and one he's, vote. He's leading, he's leading this competition. He's leading this competition, and you know what? Another, another very, very good game from him. I thought he was a bit untidy at times, but you just can't fault his effort. Mr. Sitter. He missed a sitter. He turned it over once or yeah. twice, uh, but that's not what we're here to talk about. No, it's not. Another game where he... Put his body on the line on numerous occasions. Ten pressure acts. Uh, yeah, ten pressure acts. 18 disposals, 297 metres gained. Uh, three clearances, four inside 50s, six score involvements. He's a good man, Haynes. We like Haynes. We, we love do. we love Haynes, Tommy. He is we do the, love Isaac Haynes. He's the future. He is. He is bigger than one to two games. He is. Now, this man who got the two votes, career. two votes, probably a bit stiff to not get a few more, I, I thought. Um, the True Bloods faithful, obviously, uh, vote on the True Bloods Player of the Year competition on our Facebook page. And I thought maybe this man was a little bit stiff with just the two. Heath Grundy, 22. Ridge, 20, Mr. Reliable. It was 22 disposals the at general. the back. 11 marks, 11 intercept possessions, 401 metres gained at 91% efficiency. Oh, that's, that's pretty good for Grundy. Well, I don't reckon Reg has ever been yeah, that high in yeah. disposal yeah. efficiency. Yeah. And let's face it, we have all sat back with him on the last line of defence and been, Jesus, Dredge. My dad can't stand him because of that. He just worries him. He is like fine wine. He is just getting better with age. And he's that. I was speaking to a a Hawthorne supporter during the week who was speaking about how their back line hasn't quite got... Uh, back to the level that it was in their premiership years because they don't have that big hulking intercept marker that Brian Lake was for them and that Reg is for us. And I, I think when when he does go, we do have a ready-made replacement in Mer- Melican, but uh, you, you just can't say enough good things about what that role has provided for us over the years in our premiership year. I mean, we had a couple of uh, pretty big strong forwards in that 2012 sorry big strong defenders in that 2012 team with Roberts Thompson and Richards but the what Reg has been able to do since their retirement especially um, I think he's been very stiff to not be all Australian the last couple of years he's an absolute star Reg Tommy would you rather have Reg and Teddy or Reg and Dane oh jeez what about Craig okay. what about Craig Bolton yeah there's, no, a, there's no. but Reg and Craig were never just Reg and Craig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been it Dane Craig and Reg for a couple of years. <laughs> Craig and Leo. Craig and Leo. Well, you boys know my thoughts on Leo and uh, and his heroics. Apparently not as good as Nick Davis. But no. anyway, that's a story for another time. Uh, I might answer that one later. It's a very tough question. Very we, got tough. Three. we already did. It's Nick Davis. We already did. Oh no! The, your your question whether the oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah absolutely no that that actually that's that's good might even uh, might even put that to the uh, the true bloods faithful mm. yeah that's not a bad one 
Mads. Three votes. Who's pulling through three votes? Oh, he's another one of our men, Ben. Isn't he, Tommy? 31 disposals, 18 of which contested. Always a few standard. contested. Standard. Nine tackles. Again, standard. 29 pressure. Just that's, about that's, standard. That's, that's yeah, low that's, for him. That's, that's low for yeah, him. Yeah, that is a... That is a very slow day at the office. Uh, ten inside fifties, six score involvements, and four hundred and thirty-six meters gained on last the- week's hero. He's I'm starting of- to rocket up the leaderboard now. I'm of course talking about El Capitano JPK, Joey. Yes, don't we love him? Matt? We do. He's a bull. He's an absolute bull. But he's graceful. Yeah, yeah, he is. I, I just. He needs support. He needs support. No no side can do it on their own. Yeah. And no greater... Ex- uh, sorry, pardon me. No player can win on their own. You need a side. Yeah. And no greater That's example That's why it's a team sport. That, no greater example of that than Gary Ablett at the Gold Coast. Mm. He would go out there and get three, four goals and usually 40 to 50 possessions a game. And they'd get done by 60 points. It just doesn't work that way. You need the support. I'm not saying that we're like Gold Coast in their infancy. Um, <laughs> but no, he. you can't fault him. He just is so tough. Mm. And he's there trying to win us the game when no one else is. Yeah. When no one else can get into the game, he's underneath every single pack. He never, man. never drops his head. Never. Not once. He's got a tank. Oh, Boy, oh and a bloody set of shoulders! Oh. My God, oh, biggest set of shoulders in the comp, just about. Mate, there'd be you. You have a chat to sinkers. He's probably <laughs> got to duck his head every time he goes through a door. Poor Joey's probably got to turn sideways every time he wants to walk through a door. <laughs> um, yeah, Benny. poor bloke can't find a t-shirt to fit him. Unreal. <laughs> just before we uh, give a little wrap up to the man who got the four votes, let's hear from Horse and see what he said about the man who did get the four. Uh, Haywood was really lively up forward, was um, a real target in our front half and um, and um, was, was fantastic. And you now we looked at the start, start of the game and we looked at our forward group and we thought we had to put Parker there because I think Gary was the highest as far as games played at 100. And the rest were um, pretty young, so we, we put Parker forward and various things. But um, we was clearly the, the standout one of that group. Bloody oath horse. Of course he was a bloody standout. Three he, goals. He has been... Shining light. Absolutely phenomenal this yep. season. Mate, he's a star. His dukes, his goal kicking. Yes, we'll, we'll knock him for that check side, whatever the hell that was, but... Everyone has a brain Yeah, exactly. You know what? Hasn't even played 50 games. Yeah. Hasn't even played 50 games. This kid has got such a good head on him. He's calm under pressure, great skills, a bright, bright future. Boy, can he take a mark in the air as well. Doesn't mind getting off the ground. Good Lord Almighty, Benjamin. And he thinks through things so quickly at ground level as well. There was a goal that he kicked on the weekend where he had to think in a pretty short space of time and weave Mm. his way around a couple of times. He's he's a ready-made footballer. I can't wait to see what he does in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Imagine imagine once he gets a bit of a frame on him. Yeah, exactly. Adds a couple of kegs. Adds a bit of the Kennedy shoulders. So that's 12 disposals, 5 marks, 7 score involvements. Good Lord. And 3 goals. Absolutely phenomenal game. Imagine. From, yeah. uh, from Hayward. Tommy. Now, Tommy. 
bring it home. If you just want to add a bit of uh, theatrics about this. Well, here he goes again. Before you do, Tommy, I just want you to take a deep breath. I want you to make sure you get this right. <sighs> well, here he goes again. The big maybe a cold chief. shower. The big chief. The great. Yeah, maybe a cold shower is, is required with the way that this man is playing at the moment. He's, been, he's outstanding. He's been incredible. Uh, all heart in the middle of the ground, Cal Sinclair. And he was definitely our best player on the ground in the first half. Towards the end of the second half, you could see he was tiring a little bit. He's had a big couple of weeks, but uh, I, I thought he was probably the most influential player in the first half for us and probably kept us in the contest. Uh, his tap work was excellent in the middle. His uh, competitiveness at ground level to try and win the clearances was fantastic. Um, and... Going forward, he was able to float forward and kick a couple of marks. And there was also, sorry, not take a couple of marks, not kick a couple of marks. Mm. Uh, and also went back and uh, took a couple of marks as well. So he's doing things all around the ground, he's... Cal. He's got a big tank on him these days and it was another impressive performance. He's been our, uh, our top players week in, week out. Embodies the Bloods culture. Right now, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Really, Just really never stoked. gives up. Really stoked with uh, with how Cal's been performing, his output. Absolutely stoked. Couldn't be happy to have a bloke like that in my yeah. team. Yeah, and he's, as we say every week, he is just taking it with both hands this year. And it's bloody great to see. And we turn our attention now to the leaderboard, which sees Isaac Heaney, as it has been for the last few weeks, leading the way with 23 votes. He is a good eight votes ahead of Lance Franklin, who's in second place with 15. Callum Sinclair has moved into third place with 14 votes. You'd Josh bloody Kennedy, hope so, wouldn't you? Josh Kennedy into fourth with 12, and Parker in fifth with 10. I'm going to put something to you, boys. I've got our list here. Is this on the run, Chad? I've got our list here. It is now. <laughs> and... <laughs> What I want to do is just go down that list for our uh, of our starting players and the guys who have been contributing this year, mm. and you're going to get say either positive, neutral, or negative. Okay, yep, so now tick, positive ticks and crosses. Yeah, effectively. Yep. Okay, now what we're probably looking at is are they underdone? Are they out of form? Things like that. Uh, not so much. Are they having a negative effect as such? But who's in form? Who's out of form? Who's neutral? All right. Jared McVeigh. Tick. Tick. Dan Hatterbury injured Isaac Heaney. Tick. Tick. Harry Cunningham. Cross. Uh, tick. I think, tick for mine. I think Harry's improved this year. While he's probably not the level of some of our superstars, he's gone, he's gone to a different level this year. Yeah, I think he's, he's been, been good. Pretty solid. Uh, hey, he's keeping, be his, keeping, his, uh, keeping his spot. I'd, I'd argue. Will Hayward. Tick. Tick. Zach Jones. Tick. Tom Papley. Cross. Yeah, cross. Yeah, I... He's probably only had the one standout game against GWS. I'm off forgetting yep. one. No. Um, no. He's just not he's not where he was last year, that's for sure. Yep, probably across. El Capitan, JPK. Oh. Tick in the last fortnight, tick. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Kinda of, it was almost he's made neutral up for it. and is now a massive tick. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Florent. Tick. Tick. Mills. Tick. tick. Jack. Cross. Kieran Jack, that is. Yeah. He's, he's, he's the, a neutral for mine. He's at the crossroads, isn't he, Kieran? There's yeah. there's a there's a lot of argument to keep him in the side because when he does perform the way he did last week against Geelong, he's more than valuable uh, enough to be named in the side. But he had a pretty lackluster performance when at fifty percent on the weekend. Boys, I, I'm being ruthless. We lost to North. Yeah. Let's keep it going. Yep. yep. Go, Rowan. Cross. Yeah, unfortunately cross cross for me but I mean you, neutral you give, boys you give him neutrals a, give him, give him <laughs> you, a special exception would. yeah probably do yeah. Uh, Cal Sinclair huge tick yes. tick uh, Reed injured Dino 
Tick, tick, tick. Uh, Franklin, tick, but he's injured. Yeah. Great Dane. Tick. tick. Benny Ronke. Tick. tick. Huge tick. Luke Parker. Neutral. Yeah, neutral. He hasn't done enough. He's When he's it, been great, he's been great. Yeah. But he just hasn't been at that level consistently enough. Hasn't lit the world on fire Correct. like he usually does. And that is, unfortunately, that's his positive. Yep. Won the Skilton medal last year, and we need him to be a match yep. winner in tight games, and he was nowhere to be seen on 100%. Saturday. Nick Newman, struggling to break into the side. Cross. George? Neutral. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say cross for George, yep. just on the fact yeah. that he's had really important jobs that could have won the game for us. If he had a beat Higgins convincingly, if he had a beaten Gibbs convincingly, we're a lot bigger chance to win Horse those games. gives him a lot of opportunities, they're doesn't big, he? They're big jobs. He gives, yeah. him, he gives him the big jobs. Which is probably what you want. You still, you know what, if he's going to stuff it up, like he's never going to learn by not doing it. Yeah, Mind, I'm going off track here, but why don't you send Parker to Higgins when you see that the Hewitt matchup's not working? Why I just don't, don't think Parker's a shutdown player. Not as what a shutdown player, know. as a head-to-head, as to just smash into him and go... I'm here. I'm. I'm going to be standing next to you, Sean, and I'm going to go with you. Like not as a I don't full think on tag. Can, I don't think Parker can really go with Higgins. Just as a one, honest. just yeah, as a one on one match up around the stoppages, yeah. just knocking into him. I'm. I'm not sure. Maybe a bigger body, a more you experienced body, was required. Yeah, yeah. It's more to knock him around a bit. Perhaps. Yeah, and moreover, it at least it keeps uh, it keeps Higgins accountable. Yeah. Yeah. Because all of a sudden, he's not just let... running through winning his own ball. He's got to worry about what Parks is You don't want to let him. Luke Parker off the exactly. leash. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. Uh, Harry Marsh. Tick. Tick. Tick for mine. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Dawson, Naismith, Aaliyah. Ooh. Well, like... You a, can, yeah, it's a question you mark. You can't question really... Mark. But, you know, but you know what? He's... what he, Based on what he's done, it's a cross. cross. And he's yeah. still nowhere near form. So, yeah. uh, Reg... Tick. 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 Yeah, he's tick. Tick. Jake Lloyd. Tick. Tick. Cross on the weekend, but tick overall. Yep. Yeah, tick overall. Tick yep. overall. See, and all that says to me is that we just, we've got too many blokes that just aren't firing. Yeah. They're just not quite there. Yeah. And more so than anything, we just don't have a tall forward. Yeah. There's no, no Franklin. The, no, the, the issue is the structure of it. I mean, you, you said it perfectly, Tommy. We were still bombing it in, and we didn't like. We don't have. It in we don't never works anyway. Targets. But we, we don't didn't have marking targets. We, we didn't have anybody to possibly take a mark when we were delivering the ball into the four fifty like that. So it's and Ben just, Brown and Robbie Tarrant and Scotty Thompson and Vickers Willis, they're no yeah, mugs. They'll, yeah. they'll take marks on yeah. smaller blokes. Easy. Yeah, you, you think Will Hayward's going to outmark Ben Brown? No, he's not. So yeah. Time for a breather, Tommy. All right, we'll head to our first break here on True Bloods. Back in a minute. You're listening to True Bloods, the number one independent Sydney Swans fan podcast. Welcome back to True Bloods. Now, in our second segment, we always like to get into a little bit of social interaction. And the first thing that we like to do is our greatest swan of the past 25 years competition. And last week was another big battle. And once again, another big blowout. It was uh, Goodsy this time. Um, 
who drew Ruzi in the matchup, and unfortunately for Ruzi, not many people wanted to vote against Goodsy, and with good reason. It was an 83% uh, vote the way of Goods, Ruse 17%, and unfortunately for Ruzi, he's knocked out in the first round. But if you actually look at the comments on that post, there are a lot of people with a lot of love Getting for around Ruse. Yep. And a lot of negative feedback for one Tommy Flanagan who's thrown the draw together <laughs> pitting them against each other they, they haven't really understood what you wanted to do have they you, it's the best of the best well, it so is. you've got to pit it, them it, against each other it's forcing the faithful yeah. to, to choose your favourite somebody was like <laughs> you should have let Adam Goods go through to the semi-finals like what uncontested just like just what? a free pass oh, uh, you got to yeah, defeat the semi-final wild card what in God's name got to defeat someone to get through there and it is Paul Ruse who has gone down Paul Ruse 87 games 19 goals uh, two time All-Australian for the Swans 96-97 and in 2005 inducted to the Australian Football Hall of Fame went down to Adam Goods 374 games 464 goals 1999 AFL Rising Star three time Swans leading goal kicker 09, 10 and 11 four time All-Australian 03, 06, 09 and 11 three time Skilton medalist 03, 06, 11 two time Brownlow medalist 03 and 06 and two time Premiership player 2005 and Premiership captain in 2012. It's quite the CV, Mads. That is a resume to die for. Tommy, take a breath, mate. Yeah, tw- take a breath. <laughs> Another cold shower, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are talking about Goodsy, so I might have one. A worthy victor. Hey, worthy just victor. on that, the Indigenous Guernsey. Yeah, smashing. Love Th- it. That, that is a win. What a Guernsey. Oh, well done. Do you, know, do you know what? I thought last year's was good. This is really, I, really, I will, awesome. really I will buy it. I'll probably buy it, I reckon. Or get, maybe you get sinkers to send us down if you know about that, Tommy. <laughs> well, Making what if, quarries. boys, what if we maybe uh, pull one up as a bit of a prize for the True Bloods faithful? Yeah. Reckon we could scrounge a few pennies together? Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll have to get a competition for it to be, uh, for, for a lucky winner to be awarded that as a prize. But Let's get the uh, the old group chat going then and, and we'll... Uh... See, what, uh, see what comes of it. Watch this space, True yeah, Bloods. Good idea. Also, in our second segment, we like to do a little bit of more, bit more of the social interaction and uh, a little bit of the match reaction from the North Melbourne game, and it wasn't all happy from the True Bloods faithful. Tommy, I'd uh, I'd like to kick this one off. Damien Arnold, I think you saw this one coming, mate. Boys, very disappointing. I think we have to admit that we have some serious issues at the moment. We were poor against the Dogs, woeful against Adelaide, and just snuck home last week. All true. Poor again today. We can blame the score review all we like, but I think there are bigger issues at play. Bombing it long, poor disposal errors, and not marking up their free players. Well, we have... uh, Can't argue with much of that. No, absolutely not. That's everything that we've just discussed, and we're right on board with you. He went on to mention... (laughs) Oh, I won't point out the oh, one so who predicted one, eh? a sixty plus point win. <laughs> and he threw on a cheeky emoji. And I like that from you, Damo. I like that. Let me just make clear though uh, where that came from. A fifteen a fifteen goal dropping, I really is what uh, is what I wanted to see. And the reason I said that is because I wanted our club to make a statement. We were coming off a poor run at the SCG. We'd only won the one game for the year. We were there, but there about we're there, kind of thereabouts in our form, as I've said earlier. 
I wanted our club to stand up, give a garbage football side an absolute drubbing and stake our claim on the Premiership and say, you know what? We've got big outs and we're still here kicking ass. Yep. And unfortunately, we didn't say it. So I was as disappointed as you, Damo. Thank you for getting involved, mate. Love to hear from you. Tommy, have you got one? Uh, Kathy Martin, she uh, jumped in and said, let's think about next week now. I'd rather forget about tonight's game. There's a lot of good sentiment to that one. It wasn't much of a game. Yep. Can't uh, can't argue with that in any way, shape or form. Just having a look. I had a good one. This is... Do you know what? Paul William John Fume. We are terrible to watch. Win, lose or draw, I really do not enjoy watching us these days. Well, I didn't enjoy watching us on the weekend. I but thought it was appalling. But I'll tell you what, against Geelong... Uh, a week ago, I had a fantastic time watching the Swannies and the way that we were able to play in that first quarter. So there, when we're able to get it all together, we are still an exciting side to see, watch. See, I don't mind if it's scrappy. I, I really like scrappy football. I mean, you see, you see a scrappy football game, right, in round six, and you've got people on AFL 360 questioning the game. But if you see that in a semi-final, it's the best thing since it's sliced an awesome bread. contest. Yeah. For a footy purist, um, there's nothing better. Yeah, exactly. So I, I like it. Um I think, moreover, we're talking about the skill areas. Yes, that's that's yeah. what I and, think, and our and our our lack of cleanliness. That's what I think when in possession. That's and what I completely, I, think he's I completely to. agree with that sentiment. I don't know if I hate watching it. Uh, I hate watching my side, but um, we could certainly be a lot better. But I tell you, the nuffy comment of the week doesn't go to anyone on the uh, on the True Bloods podcast. Unfortunately, well, we their name is actually either. withheld. All over, we go down by two points. Hashtag AFL Swans Ruse was the official tweet from the Sydney Swans Twitter account. And someone replied, Can I get membership refunds for my kids? Oh. 11 and 13 years old, just threw their Guernsey and scarves in the wheelie bin. Wasted money on this pathetic team. Oh. Go. You want to talk about pathetic? Go support yeah. Richmond, mate. You spineless... That is the worst parenting I've ever heard of. You're lucky you got in front of me there, mate, because I was about to say something I probably shouldn't have said. <laughs> <laughs> something my mother wouldn't be proud of. Ah, uh, yeah. Wow. But, I mean, look, I understand his sentiment. So, fiery reaction in the... Uh, I get it. I get he's upset. From the True Bloods faithful on the North Melbourne match, and so there should be. It was, yes. it was an appalling game, and let's move on from it right now and move towards our social question, which we post to the True Bloods faithful today on the Facebook page. What's your favourite memory against the Hawks? Big clash coming up on Friday night. Easy. Mine's easy. Yeah, well, Mine is so easy. And we've got a few nominations for the 2012 Grand Final and moments that were in the 2012 Grand Final, but there's a couple of others as well. Uh, Scott Marmo. Um, he said the 1996 qualifying final, Kreza kicked the sealer. I was there. Have you watched that game? Absolute beauty. It was unbelievable. Stewie Maxfield kicked that corker of a goal from the boundary line on the left. Yep. Looked it completely impossible. And then Kreza rose with uh, just a minute left to take the mark and if, put through the goal. If there are... This, so this was the game that came before Tony Plugger, Lockett Plugger's kicking, point. kicking the behind. Correct. If, if you're out there listening to the True Bloods and you may be a little bit younger and you haven't, do yourself a goddamn favour because it's a cracking game of football. Uh, also, on the reaction 
from our social question. Goodsy's final term in the 2012 grand final with one functioning knee. Atticus Saunders, I Huge. can't disagree too much with that one. That one's an I mean, absolute beauty. You cannot disagree Huge. with that at all. You can't disagree with anything from the 2012 grand final. Marty Matner's chase and oh, turnover. Oh, yes. Whoa. Watch <laughs> that again. Yeah, there's a comment in here um, that talks about that. I'm just looking for it Just now. before you get to that one, Mads, 2001 home and away season game where we held them by 21 points throughout the second half. 2012 grand final was awesome. Will probably never be matched, but this was a unique game led by Kelly, Schwass, Nicks, Creswell, Williams, Ooh, Goods, Nicks. and O'Loughlin. We like Nicks. Beauty. Um, this is this is the one. Brenton Hinks. Our, uh, the, the, old, uh, the old rock, Ryan O'Keefe, oh, kicks rock. it, and it's a shocker. It's turned over and switched onto the opposite flank. If this gets out, there is a three-on-one advantage to Hawthorne up the wing. The ball goes to Birchall, and Marty Matner chases him down, laying the tackle to perfection. Like an absolute madman. He was A man possessed. Yeah, he was. He was possessed. He just dragged him to the ground. It was bloody brilliant to watch. Um, and that, from uh, Brenton Hinks's point of view, is what won us the grand final. I like this one from Josh Ma. Franklin nailing that 70-metre bomb. I think, was it 2015 or 2016? Uh, the, the winner. Uh, I was at the game sitting with a mate in the Hawks section. Uh, the turnover happened right in front of us. That was the Segler to Jakey Lloyd turnover. And the response from the Hawks fans was epic. I imagine it would have been. Indeed. Um, what's your, what's your favourite, Benny? Is it the Matner? It's 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 everything that happened in that last two minutes. Okay. It's the last two minutes of that game that is just the most epic two minutes of football, uh, of, of the rivalry for mine, sure. uh, especially especially in the modern era. Oh, it's male for me. It's just all it's male. It's that last yeah. that last kick. It's nothing beats male. What about you, Bent? Different. Jeddah versus Rioli. Yeah. Jetta versus Rioli. Yep. Jetta versus Rioli was great. Someone did comment that. Wouldn't say it sums up the rivalry, but... Uh, no, but it was just huge. The moment. Not for me. Yeah, the moment. <laughs> it was great. It the was moment great. was just unbelievable. I'm saying of that 2012 grand final. Just little shimmy this way. A little bit of a sidestep from yeah. the, uh, for the young fella. And then he gave away a free kick afterwards. He Never was absolutely that. zipping, wasn't he? He was... Look, they were, the whole side was looking fantastic that day. <laughs> yes, we were. Won the flag. Uh, one, one more. Um, this one's not from 2012. Uh, Agnes Baker said, if it's not from the 2012 Grand Final, it's earlier that year in Launceston when Goodsey broke the record for most games by a swan. Yep. Yeah. 20 points down at halftime and he kicked three goals in the second half to help us win it. That's, yep. a, that's a good yeah. nomination. That was a great nomination. Yeah. That was a really good game. Because we kind of came out of that with the win all pretty shocked. We were like, oh. Because no one beat Went down Hawthorne. to Launceston and beat him. No one wow. beats Hawthorne at Launceston. Well, no one was beating Hawthorne full stop. Yeah. They were fantastic. Some great responses there from the True Bloods faithful on our social question this week. And we've got one more segment to go here in our second segment here on True Bloods. Mads. Yes, Benny. It is your brainchild. Oh, yes. Here we go. Let's get obscure. Let's Love get a bit of obscurity, Tom. Obscure. All right. Our obscure swan. I bet it's not Luke Vogels. It is not Luke Vogels. <laughs> <laughs> Heralding from Albury Wodonga, and taken with pick six in the 1999 
draft from the New South Wales ACT Rams. It is still eligible because he made his debut late in the 2000 season versus the Demons in round 18. Are you going to give us anything more than that? Okay, okay, yeah. Just just seeing if anything's tickling <laughs> at the moment. Nothing yet, nothing yet. Tommy, Aubrey Wodonga, I thought it was a dead giveaway for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to narrow it down in my head. Uh, Calculator's going. <laughs> so, played a couple of games in 2000, a couple of games in 2001. His best season was 2002, though, where he played 17 games, highlighting uh, in a clash against the Kangas, where he booted three goals against the Kangas. After amassing 27 games in four years, though, he was quite injury-riddled from 2003 onwards. He was delisted by the Sydney Swans to be picked up in the 2006 preseason draft by another AFL club, where he played another 27 games before being delisted. That other AFL club was the Brisbane Lions. Anything at the moment? Um, I reckon I've got it. Of course he does. Yeah, exactly. Bloody oath. He won't be remembered as a defender or a forward, but he was effectively a utility, a swing man before we had swing men. A small utility? Mid-sized. Wouldn't have called him nuggety, but wasn't tall. Tommy knows, 100%. Was as keen on his footy as he was on peroxide. (laughs) Yeah, definitely got it now. (laughs) Mads, his initials are BF. Have you got it? Ben Fixter. That's it. And he got it. (laughs) Benny Fixter. It was a personality. Wasn't he? Wasn't he? And he he was a solid lockdown defender. Probably the pace of the game got away from him as we moved into the mid to late 2000s. But in Ruzi's side, uh, back in the day in the early 2000s, he was a... He was a swanny soldier. You yeah. know? He, was, he was one that slotted nicely into the team and uh, ran out of opportunities eventually in the end and moved over to Brisbane where eventually ran out of opportunities there as well. But um, decent little player, Benny Fixture. Yeah. Found his way back to the uh, the Murray and was playing with the Albury Tigers where he retired from football altogether. I'm, I'm, always, yeah, I'm always interested in when the trail goes cold. Mm. You know, when you look up these things, these players, it's like, okay, he retired, and then he did a bit of country footy, and no one heard from yeah, him. So he took a paycheck in the country footy leagues, <laughs> and yeah. it was like my Ricky, Murray Mott, Ricky Mott a couple of years ago. had nothing after he finished. <laughs> nothing after he finished at Carlton. <laughs> All right. Shall we, Give us another spell, Tommy, and yeah, I reckon we, we take get a break? stuck in a round eight. One more break here on True Bloods, and we'll get back after this uh, little short breather with... All of the games coming up in round eight and the big clash against the Hawks at the G. This is True Bloods. You're listening to True Bloods, the number one independent Sydney Swans fan podcast. Welcome back to True Bloods. Now, there's a massive game coming up this Friday night at the MCG. Round 8 action against the Hawks. The arch rivals, the Hawks. 
And that's a, it's a massive match against them. And we're going to have to have a marked improvement from what we saw against North Melbourne if we're going to have any chance of taking down the Hawks on their deck. Mads, we cannot possibly go into this game without addressing our forward structure. Ben. So we, we cannot can... possibly go in without addressing the fact that we don't ben. have a tall target to kick it's to. It's literally the only thing we've really needed to do all year, and it, it hasn't really been addressed. It's been There have been Band-Aids put on the issue, but uh, unfortunately it's a bullet wound at the moment, Tommy, and it's... We're not going to... We need a target. Need so, a target, boys. So are we suggesting Cameron, McCartan or Alir to the goal score? I've heard good things about Cameron. I think Cameron's coming along really well. I well, haven't he, heard much about McCartan. He played well in the Neaffle, yeah. I heard, um, last weekend. In the Neaffle. The Neaffle. You're just, you're just saying it wrong, mate. The you're just saying it wrong. Yeah, the Neaffle. Um, yeah, look, I, can I be blunt? Well, I don't care who comes in. Yeah, just kick goals. Be give a marking me, forward. Give me... A, Give me someone who's going yeah. to compete in the air as a tall and, and offer himself as a marking option. And you know what? I don't care if it's on leads. I don't care if you put it on his head. Just give us someone to kick to so we can at least Look, have the contest. The, the clear example of how that works is Mason Cox. Yep. He does not have a shred of natural football talent whatsoever, but he's tall, so it doesn't matter. Mm. That's... That's what we. That's how we need to start thinking. And if he surprise, surprise, Collingwood are winning football games. If he doesn't clunk it and kick the goal, he brings the ball to ground. Exactly. And Collingwood Smalls get involved. We just need someone to do that. Have and, the contest. And we didn't have uh, Towers last week against Geelong. Fox did do a pretty good job in that competing in the air role uh, against the Cats. We didn't see either of those guys have a massive impact in the air against North Melbourne. So if the setup is to remain the same and there is no Cameron, there is no McCartan, there is no O'Lear coming into the side, we have to see Fox and Towers competing in the air like their lives depend on it. Yep. How much damage, Tommy? Can uh, can our former midfield outsider Tom Mitchell do to us if we don't lock him down? Well, it's a big job for well. If we if we're sending Hewitt to Mitchell, then it's a massive job for George. If we're going to go head to head, then it's Kennedy and Sinclair versus Mitchell and McAvoy, and whichever way we decide to go about it, it's going to be the probably the main make or break duel um, to give us a chance in the game. If we can just at least break even with Kennedy and Sinclair. We give, our, give ourselves a chance. But if McAvoy and Mitchell dominate out of the middle, we could lose by a lot. I reckon, uh, I reckon Kennedy's a better player than Mitchell. Still put him there. Yeah. I reckon, oh, Mitchell's, yeah, a, I reckon yeah. Mitchell's a gun. But oh, I think that players. they're different Yeah. I, I just, for mine, I prefer, I'd rather have Kennedy in my side than, than Mitchell. But if we lose, it, the, regardless of who's better, whoever loses that matchup is going to find it hard to win the game. Yeah. yeah. Yep. This, is, this is the Chiefs' biggest test. Yeah, so huge. far, just not not just because of McAvoy, but because of Tom Mitchell, because you can't really get away with just sort of hitting it anywhere because Mitchell yep. will probably get it right. So he's he's you know like he's going to have we, to just keep doing what he's doing. We and, have and we, being a star. We have seen Cal in recent weeks bring the ball to ground and then go after it himself. He gets his own clearances. He probably won't have that time to do it this week yep. with Mitchell because Mitchell will be Correct. there before he will. Correct. 
Uh, the last three times we've played the Hawks, they've all been under a goal, but the Hawks have got uh, four points on each of those three occasions. Round 19, 2017, Hawthorne 72 defeated Swans 66 at the MCG. Round 10 last year, Hawks 81 defeated Swans 75 at the SCG. And then in 2016, round 17, it was Hawthorne by five points, 75 defeating the Swans 70 Makes at the SCG. Makes me sick. So three I was, in, I, was in, I was in Santorini watching that last one. Nice. I was in uh, <laughs> nice. Tropical Bar, if anyone's familiar. Good they, spot uh, to be. Oh, fantastic spot to be in the uh, European summer. Sipping a couple of Green Demons, a couple of San Fran 49ers, <laughs> and uh, watching uh, my Swannies go down. Yeah, Needless great. to say, that ruined my afternoon so until look- I hopped back on the quad bike and then everything <laughs> was all good. So we turned to key matchups. Uh, we'll go with the back 50 matchups first. Grundy, you would say, probably gets rough hit. Yeah. Yep. Gunston to Rampy. Yeah, yep. I want a guy who can go with him a little more aerobically. Oh, but you know what? Gunston's, Gunston's is, been good. Yeah, and he swings as well. He goes back. Mills to go up the ground with Tim O'Brien. I want Mills in the midfield. Yeah, so do I. Yep. I want Mills in the midfield. I reckon Mills Mills could take out Tom Mitchell. I'd put I'd put he Mills head to head with he could. with Mitchell. So does Marsh go to O'Brien then if Mills does move into the midfield? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'd say that. And then you've got uh, Marsh and... Uh, sorry, well, if Marsh is taking that role and he can't do that, it's probably Lloyd and Smith take the Bruce rioli yeah. Impey matchups. Do you know, yeah, see, it, it, it's, that's a potent forward line. It is. And it's a forward line that's working at the moment. Isaac Smith's probably playing the, some of the best footy of his career. Fair to say. Yep, he's one to probably look at it lock, locking down on as well. If we're not going to go for Tom Mitchell, then he's the one. I'm nervous about Silk. Yeah. Sean Burgoyne. Yeah, he's he always good. He carves us, us to shreds. I mean, he carves everyone up, but he's just so good. And you know what? You can't really shut him out. And as far as I'm concerned, he's a contested ball king. As soon as he goes into the midfield, geez, I get nervous. Yeah. And it's it's especially dangerous if we're not protecting the space in front of Roughhead as well. The Burgoyne to Roughhead partnership has been one that's brought us undone a couple of times. Uh, Roughhead started in both games last year with the winning goal at the SCG, as we all remember, hated that. Uh, and 24 disposals, eight marks, two goals, and three Brownlow votes in our encounter at the MCG. So Ruffy, one that we have to stop. Yep. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And we, and we haven't lost away from home this year. We've won all of our away games. Somehow. But uh, the Hawks at the G, that's as, that's as tough an as away game that you're going to get. Um, I'm not sure. And, unless we can... I'd still rather play Richmond than play Hawthorne. 100%. At the G. Yep. 100%. At the moment, yeah. Um, Just with how they match up. Do you... Be, be honest. Tommy, are we going to win this game? Does Bud play? Bud plays. We win. Bud doesn't play. We lose. It's that simple. Yep. Is that because... So let's unpack that, though. Is that because that's a marking forward option and you're just assuming... You're just you're assuming that he will just step up against Hawthorne and... Because he hasn't played particularly well against Hawthorne in the past as well. No, for me, it's his ball use. Yep. It's his ball use going in inside, the forward 50, pushing yep. up the ground. And he's a five-goal five player. He certainly is. At, uh, a, at a minimum. That's based on him kicking maybe two or three and what he's doing, his, what, else yeah. he's, what else he's doing. Yep. Saw some of the long bombing and absolute butchery of the footy uh, on Saturday night and the Adelaide game. Bud doesn't do that. Bud yep. will hit Robbie Fox on the lead, lace out. 
35 metres out directly in front from 80 mm. metres from home on the wing. He'll hit him. Other players we'll, don't do that. We'll come back to our tips. But based on... It's not a tip, it's just... Correct, yeah. Correct. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, I'm nervous. If we, play, if we play like we have in the last three weeks, we're going to get... We're going to get comfortably done. Yeah. Particularly if Bud doesn't play, I thought Lloyd and Jones were slightly down last week. We need them to lift to their best level again. Papley, Rowan, Fox, and Towers. We need big contributions big games. from if we're going to win. Yeah. Because I just was... just no mis- no stupid mistakes. Just play play your role and don't don't kick check side on a twenty degree angle. Don't miss opportunities directly in front. Every opportunity, don't burn Heaney and yeah, Rowan exactly. and turn your back. We every opportunity when there's chance to win that we get on Friday night, we need to take to win that game. Yeah, because they're in such good form at the moment. Yeah, I it's hard to argue with any of that. It's hard to argue. We, it, this is going to need to be a complete team performance. Yeah, or we'll get Clarkson again. How do we avoid being Clarkson? Horse, change something. Yeah. Do something funny at the first yeah. bounce. Yeah. yeah. Just do something. Because this guy has had your measure year on year on year since on year. Since 2012. Since the start of the 2013 season. Yeah. That's what I meant. Since yeah. 2012 yeah, grand absolutely. final. Yeah. Is it a send Jones into the on ball division first bounce? And absolutely, you I'm do. I'm talking he just if, throws himself if Buddy around. plays. Buddy in the middle, first bounce. Buddy, Jones. Heaney. Or I'd take Buddy on a wing and have him like looping back around. I want him in the middle. I'd want him in the middle. That that will make Clarkson go. Anything that is just yeah. going to be like anything out, outside wait. the box. Anything that makes Clarkson think about us and eliminate yeah, something weird. Just do something can't weird. Just allow Clarkson to do what he wants. We need to make him think about us and react to something that we're doing that's disturbing what they want to do, and then they'll they'll have to readjust throughout yep. and try and get the game back on their terms. Yep. I'm going to be watching the marks. I'm going to be watching yeah. Hawthorne do their marks. possession game that works every time against us. And please fix the ball movement, boys. When you're not under pressure, just make the most of those. Yeah. Just hit target. It's opportunities. your job. It's your job, boys. I don't. What you get paid to do? You are paid an ex. Extraordinary amount of money. Average AFL salary about three hundred and eighty grand a year. Well overs what they're doing at the moment. A long way. Anyway, so tips, tips for this one, boys. Are we going to tip our boys against the Hawks Friday night? MCG seven fifty PM. Out of loyalty, yes. Am I confident? No. But uh, one point win. Yeah, yeah. Within a goal, Sydney within a goal, and that's because I'm hopeful, not because I'm smart. Yeah, Swans by five points. Bud plays or Bud doesn't play. I'm yeah, not, not going to yeah. tip. There's no way I'm going to tip Hawthorne on this podcast. There's absolutely no way I'm tipping Hawthorne to beat us. Well, fair, fair. <laughs> uh, but that'll be the Friday night, which means that uh, we will roll into GWS and West Coast. Saturday afternoon, 1.45pm, Spotless Stadium in Western Sydney. West Coast of Belton. Yeah, they're pretty ordinary. G-Dubs. Tommy, stop everything. Stop everything. Stop everything. Tommy, you said to me, when we first had this idea of this podcast, you said to me, the GWS have no killer instinct. And I said, yes, they do, Tommy. I'm telling you now, you were right, I was wrong. 
They have no killer instinct whatsoever. When they're challenged by a good side, no. they just yep. don't have they, anything. They play pretty football. They're, they're pretty. Beautiful. They're attractive. They're beautiful. And granted, they were missing Cameron, Green, Kelly, Delidio, pretty but handy Green's, players. Green's, Massive outs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Green's the closest thing they have to killer instinct. Yep. Well, he's, he's the one that probably he's embodies it. prick. He, yeah. He's probably the one that embodies so, it. Out of their whole squad, right. out of their whole list, he's probably the only one who fully embodies that. That, uh, well, you've got more mongrel than that. That word that you can't say on air. Mongrel. You can say Not that toughness. one. You can mongrel. say that one. That's, we've, got, we've got more than they do. Uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be West Coast comfortably. Uh, West Coast for me as well. Carlton versus Essendon. This is an interesting one. Saturday, 2.10pm, MCG. Can the Blues knock off, what is it, garbage? Your old mob. In Essendon. Tommy, your old mob. <laughs> I'm going for the Blue Boys. Yep. Go it, Baggers. It has to happen at some point. It does. Essendon, it does. Ah, garbage. I don't necessarily think the Carlton are going to win it, but I'd just love to see it happen. So, yeah. Jeez, I love watching Essendon lose. Oh, it's the best. It's so good. Mm. Uh, Gold Coast v Melbourne, Saturday, 4.35pm. Gabba. Oh, that's the D's all day, every day. D's go up to the uh, to the Gabba on... They're playing the Gabba. They're the, playing the Gabba. The Metricon's still not ready yeah. until after the China trip. The sun's come down to the Gabba and the D's mm. go up that's to, <laughs> that's uh, to the Gabba. So for mine, yeah, mate, Melbourne, for sure. I'm not saying that Melbourne are an outstanding football side, but um, they, will probably they, beat will beat, they will beat the Gold Coast. Although I, lo- I really like what Stewie Dew is doing. So do I. So do I. They're still not there, though. No. Gold Coast. So they, they will be, though. Oh, they will yeah, be. Eventually. They're building. Gorney, uh, yeah, Gorney to get it done. Clayton Oliver. Those sort of blokes. Jesse Hogan to kick a few. Uh, Port Adelaide versus Adelaide. The showdown. The showdown. Saturday, 5, 10 p.m. Adelaide Oval. That's a massive game. Port Adelaide. Yeah, only based on the fact that they should have some uh, some sting in their tail yeah. at the moment. Definitely. I'm going to back the Crows. I, I think they've been in a nice little patch of form since they beat us. I think we played them into form pretty nicely. Probably. Um, and I just feel like that they're pretty physical, strong, all 50, over the 50 ground. Fifty-fifty for mine, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go Port Adelaide. I reckon they've got something to prove. Personally, they've they've been pretty rubbish. You, you think um, the the pressure of the Port Adelaide front six will be able to combat the likes of Laird and Seedsman running off halfback the way we couldn't? They bloody better <laughs> if they want to win. I'm gonna back the Crows, Mads. Port. Port. Uh, Bulldogs v Brisbane, Saturday, 7.25pm. Eddie had... Brizzy. Brizzy are going to get a win. They were fantastic on Sunday night. That was were, a cracking game of football. That, so that, that is what That's the brand of footy I wish that we were playing at the moment. It's mm. it's very attractive football. Yeah. It's skillful. It's, caref- it's skillful. It's carefree. Yeah, yeah. It's play on at all costs. Charlie yeah. Cameron. Take the game Dane on. Zorko. Dane Beams. Dane Zorko Stephen is actually starting. Martin. I'm really hoping that Dane Beams has... Uh, sorry, Dane Zorko has just played his way into yeah. form. and I think he has, mate. He was fantastic. Fantastic yeah. on go, Sunday. Go Lions. Yeah, Lions. go Lions. That looked to me to be a pretty taxing game for the Lions, though, and the Bulldogs only had to travel to Ballarat, and they've got the extra day's break. Jack McRae in scintillating touch with 40 touches on the weekend. Yeah, um, Jack McRae. That's one of yeah. one of 22. One, Lock, of, one of 22 Hunter, downhill skiers. Lockie Hunter, 34. He's a pretty handy player as well. Don't rate him. Brisbane Lions. Brisbane Lions for Mads. Brisbane Lions for Benny. I'm going to go the dogs. I reckon they'll get it done on their deck. Uh, Fremantle St Kilda, Saturday, 8.10pm, Optus. I heard that Ross Lyon during the week uh, put in a large order for 
bubble baths because they are going to absolutely give St Kilda a drubbing. (laughs) Bubbles and all, they are going to get (laughs) a bath. They will be squeaky clean, the St Kilda Football Club, once they they depart. Agreed. Optus Stadium. Saints couldn't even kick 10 goals against the Melbourne defence. Wow. They are in serious strife. The... uh, Dockers, for me, by a comfortable margin, 50 points, I reckon, at Optus Stadium. The purple haze over there. Mads, garbage versus the Richmond Football Club. (laughs) Oh, mate. Do you know what? They will will come out. They'll come out thinking that they can do anything, and Richmond will teach them an absolute lesson. Credit to Richmond. Yeah, Richmond are the best team in the comp by a mile. By a mile. I was talking to someone about this today. Last year, they were not a good football side, but they came good yeah, they at are. the right time, yeah. and they are so good. Do you know what it at is at the moment? It's all just in their head. It's all mental. Yeah, but you they know, just but know moreover, they can moreover, beat any, moreover, they've got their best players are in form and injury free. Yep, and the rest are just devout role players. Mm. And they and they devout don't make, role players don't Vlosten. make silly mistakes. Yeah, Vlosten, Vlosten, Grig, yeah. Mate, even Josh Caddy kicks two, three Caddy, goals a game. Yeah. Townsend, yeah. Castagna, Butler. Yeah, they're, they're guys, relative no names two years ago. Guys who are on seventy grand a year. Yep. Butler, Castagna, they would they wouldn't be on much more than seventy k, and they just try their heart out. Do you reckon there's any chance that the Richmond defence freak out about Ben Brown as we did and put three blokes on him and then Mason Wood nope. gets away? No, no chance. No, no. Yeah, Richmond for me. Uh, Collingwood <laughs> versus Geelong Sunday, three twenty p.m. Always look MCG. forward. To, always look forward to this game. No matter no matter the form, I always look forward to this. Uh, Cats for mine. I might go to it. Cats, pies, pies. I reckon. Actually, can I change my hot pies? Yeah, pies. Reece Stanley and Zach Smith are crap. Brody Grundy's a monster. Yeah, absolute nah, monster in the rough. Changing it. pies, pies for me. They, they were too much, yeah. too much class in the Geelong outfit, and I really liked what they were doing. There's actually not um, that much class in the Geelong outfit. No, in, but in terms of if you line them up side by side and you go, your good players versus, yeah, I oh. think they have they have more depth. I, uh, in terms of their, sorry, let me take that back. I think that their top end is better than Collingwood's top end. Yes, and I think that um, in the set, I think that carries them through the depth that Collingwood have personally. I think Trelaw is playing some unbelievable football, and I think he's playing better football than Dangerfield is. Personally, who goes to Mason Cox? Well, don't just leave me alone there, Tommy. Is that fair to say, Trelaw? Incintillating. Oh, a great touch. Uh, I, Trelaw's a ball magnet. And Danger's carrying something big time. Yeah. Big time. Geordie yeah. Degoe, five goals on the weekend. Correct. Handy one to have back. Josh Thomas, three. He's been hitting the scoreboard a fair bit. Jaden Stevenson looks like a Collingwood player. Brody Grundy. And, he, <laughs> and, he's, play, and he's playing <laughs> like one. <laughs> um, winning goal on the weekend for him. Side bottom at 34. Tommy Phillips is on fire with his precise ball use through the middle of the ground. Look out, look out, Matt. Tommy's uh, he's changed teams before. <laughs> <laughs> he's sounding pretty excited about the black and white. The black and white are going all right. There's not too yeah. many weak links in their setup at the moment. 
and I reckon they'll beat the the Cats. And some people will go, "Wow, that's an upset!" But I don't think it'll be I an just, upset. I just Collingwood in better form than Geelong. I just hope our football team shows up. Yeah, please, Bloods, please. For God's sake, we—that's the key word, Bloods. Just yes. play Bloods footy. Don't let Hawthorne run yeah. away. None. Of, we don't want them breaking open some sort of lead. None of that. St- want... Stick it close, even if it's ugly. And find a way to win. Is Will Langford playing these days? I want Ronk to belt Will Langford. It's interesting, isn't it? It's another another, conversa- another conversation <laughs> I was having today is about how you, you know, look at Carlton and how they've got a lot of young kids yeah. and a lot of their best players are young kids and these young kids are going out there and they're getting belted mm. every single week. And you look at a player like Will Langford who just slotted on in to a really good side. He's got a premiership medallion. Mate, he's had it very cushy. Yep. Very, very cushy. And that's, for mine, why he can go missing in games. I think that uh, some of the young... I just I use that as contrast to the benefits that the, some of the kids at Carlton have got over, over well, some of the more, well, yeah. the more successful clubs and their yep. younger players. Uh, Coattails. Yeah, correct. They get... There's a bit of, bit of true character in there that is built some resilience. So hopefully Sinkers has 40 hit-outs. Uh, Joey, 50. No, has 50 hit-outs. Joey has 40 touches. The uh, the forward six combined for a couple of bags. That'd be nice. And the Swannies run out. 15 wins. goal winners. 15 <laughs> goals. That's what we want. It'd be nice to have Buddy back too. Would yes, love to see Buddy. Great to have Buddy there. back. Just it as would a, be, just, just as a bit of a settler. I it reckon. would be reassuring to yeah. see him run out, wouldn't it? Yep. Just, it, wouldn't it? The conference... And his buddy, Kurt Tippett, happy birthday. Only thirty one. Thirty one for Kurt. Come back. We might need yeah. <laughs> Do we need him. Get him you back. Coward. Look at you running away. <laughs> <laughs> you ran away, Kurt. All right. oh, happy happy we birthday, Kurt. Well, happy birthday, Oh, look. I think um I wish him all the best. I love Kurt. Um, but yeah, we just need to win this game of football. Get the job done, boys. I reckon we're done here, Tommy. Yep, this has been True Bloods, the number one Sydney Swans fan podcast. And that is it for another week. Calm the mighty bloods for Calm bloods. Friday no, night bloods. against the Hawks, 750 at the MCG. And make sure you check us out on all the social channels, iTunes, Wooshka, Facebook and Instagram. Thanks to Madison Clark and Ben Andrew for being here once again. My pleasure. Cheer, cheer, the red and the white, Tommy. My name is Tommy Flanagan. It's been a pleasure. We'll see you next week on True Bloods. Up the Swannies. This has been a Podular Media production.